peace. I hate the word. As I hate hell, all Montagues. And the... Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide how whether they hold up to their best life in the past. I'm a little off my game because we have some guests here. You're to say I'm Tristan. That's and I'm Tristan, but I'm also off my game because I'm plugged into a separate thing here and the other three people are all plugged into the one unit. They can hear each other, all having a grand old time, and I'm in some separate thing over here. Yeah, I can't hear you. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. You're not it feels one of less us. Integrated. I'm here, guys. I'm Do you one want me of the to team. be the outsider? Hey, Greg's also here. Oh, and I'm Greg. <laughs> I'm Carol, and I'm Ara. Hi. Now this has been long overdue because our, our poor old wives—they uh, were promised a Romeo and Juliet episode almost a year ago when we went off in our pod retreat. When they—they <laughs> they were promised, as in we promised that they had to do one. Uh, yeah, but but that we promised it would be Romeo and Juliet. That's true. And then we made them do Nowhere to Run with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm. Now, I mean, Blessing in Disguise, I know you guys love that film, <laughs> but we felt like we owed you guys. Uh, Street Fighter. Uh, yeah, so we're here to do uh, Romeo Must Die, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing, right? Yeah. All well, my notes are about well, Romeo Must shoot. Die. Yeah. Offshoot off the same mm, It's in the same play. universe. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, that movie, of course, that we are doing, all jokes aside, is, is 1996's Romeo and Juliet. Romeo plus Juliet. Romeo plus Juliet. Williams Shakespeare's Romeo Williams plus Juliet. Williams Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Guys, we've also had a couple of wines. Yeah. The girls had some nerves. Well, at least Carol had some nerves. I had some nerves too. I had some nerves. I'm, I'm delighted you both got so dolled up to be on radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was nervous because it was easier doing the Jean-Claude Van Damme one. Because we both there's no pressure. There was no well, pressure. correct. We didn't. We've never heard of it. It was shit. We just kind of <laughs> ripped into <laughs> it. You have to go listen it was to this that shit, episode. I think you what, took the words out yeah. of my mouth, Carol. But this one, this one we chose. This one had had has great significance in our lives. Huge so. significance. Yeah. So yeah, pressure. There nervous. is pressure. Well, Ooh. before we get into the movie with guests. Yeah. Uh, what, what Greg and I like to do is uh, some rapid fire questions. Yeah. To help our listeners get a sense of who these people are. They've heard of you. They know you're our wives. They've heard many and varying stories. But, uh, but what makes you tick? What, how, how, how can we help calibrate in their brains exactly mm. where you're coming from? Yes. So, Greg, you, you want to hit them with some of them things? Yeah. Okay. Question the first Mariah or Whitney? Mariah. Whitney. Oh, there we go. I didn't expect you to say that. That's cool. A rift has formed. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. As planned. <laughs> like <in> dignity. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Reynolds. 
Gosling. Oh, I really interesting. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? I don't, I don't know. even know you anymore. <laughs> this is awkward. Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling or Tristan and Greg? Tristan. <laughs> she didn't even want Greg. She just said Tristan. It was a package deal. Yeah, fair enough. I wouldn't want Tristan either. You would take the whole Greg. thing. <laughs> oh, it was a duo thing. The Ryans are the double oh, impact boys. G&T then, G&T. Chad and Alex. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take mm. that. We still going with Pammy, I guess. Yeah, okay, go. Pamela Anderson or Sally Field? <laughs> One. Two. I'd like to say for the record that your obsession, <laughs> interest in Sally Field reflects poorly on your wife. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Wait, so uh. Sally Field circa when? Prime. So Prime. No, in Lincoln. She means yeah, Lincoln. in Forrest Gump. <laughs> I thought she was confession. I thought she was pretty hot in Forrest Gump. At the end? No, at the end. <laughs> and she was a young mom just hustling to support her son. I, I was into that. Uh, Pammy Anderson. I think Pammy Anderson. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry. I mean, I'm, it's Pammy for me too. We've got to change that. What did I change it? I was going to change it to the step-by-step mom. Hey, the notebook or clueless? Ooh, Ooh. clueless. Hundred percent. I think clueless. Yeah, too. I think you're clueless yeah. as well. Yeah. All right. You just don't have to be different every time, Ara. Over the I was years, just thinking about note, it, Greg. Notebook's been ruined for me. Why? Because he's actually quite a dick. Is it's he? one of those movies, mm. isn't it? Isn't like it? when you really yeah. like think about mm. what he's doing, he's a dick. And you know, the internet has, oh, yeah. has highlighted. He's actually quite problematic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Problematic. Mm, I should have said that with my eyes closed, sorry. Um, final <laughs> question. Clueless or nowhere to run? Ooh, and some of, I guess this might be a stupid <laughs> question, nowhere to run. One of the classic denim westerns of the Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, filmography. Uh, so we're going with that, nowhere to run? Yeah, sure. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Rapid fire question time. Wow. Did you learn a little bit about our wives? I certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I want you to cast your minds back to a year that, that many have come to call uh, 1996. Where were you guys? What were you doing? You were, we're the same age, Carol. Ara, you were five or so. I was 10. <laughs> you were 10. I was 10 years old. I was at school. Oh. You were at school. Yeah. Did you watch this when it came out in cinema? I don't think I went to the cinema to watch this. But okay. honestly, I have no recollection of my life. <laughs> Well, let me. In my like, tens. So, like, in my tens. In my she tens. doesn't remember the last five years. Are you like Jason Bourne? I well, it remains so. to be seen because I'm potentially. Sorry, I had to ask my friends about 1996, 97 <laughs> because I was like, I've got a goldfish memory. I yeah. can't quite remember. This question you know, is not good for the wives. It's actually no, quite painful re- because okay. when Ari and I first met, I was, I was broke as a joke, as they say. And I, I would save up my pennies to take it to a fancy restaurant. One of those fancy restaurants where I'd have to go home and eat after because the portions were so damn small. Aww. And, so you know, cute. I spent my whole – and I'd go home and eat fucking canned tomatoes and rice so that this one could have a delightful anniversary and whatnot. Years later, we've gone to New York. We moved back. This is like 10 years later or something. We drive past the restaurant and I say, hey, remember when I took you there for uh, whatever, whatever? No. <laughs> 
Breaks my heart. <sighs> but money I was expecting well, this. Money so well spent. Exactly, right? It was an investment, I suppose. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. She, you guys might not be married if you didn't take her there. That's Remember, right. It Why all you just counts. Tell you did? <laughs> all counts. <Remember> that <laughs> well, since then, yeah. since then, of yeah. course. No, I, 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 knowing of your uh, memory challenges, I thought maybe I'd recap the films that came out around the same time as this particular picture. Um, the year was 1996. The number mm-hmm. one movie in the world that year was Independence Day. Mm. I believe oh, yes. this kicked off the the July dominance of Will Smith for the next oh, five yeah. years or so. Mr. The w- July. Millennium. The Millennium. Mm. Twister was number two. Mission oh, Impossible was number three. The Rock, number four. The Rock, the movie, not... Not the rock, actual. Like, but you remember rock. when like Greg puts on a turtleneck and a beanie, he looks like Sean Connery from The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> that was with the age filter app. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. <laughs> it wasn't, was it? Yeah. He's got, I've got big eyebrows, that's all it is. Yeah, they're going to age into that nicely. I am the last one. <laughs> there you go. Space Jam came out this year too, folks. Mars Attacks, which we've covered. First Wives Club, which is the movie I wanted to do with you guys since you're our first wives, but you seem to have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. That's right. That got didn't it? <laughs> From Dusk Till that. Dawn, Fargo, oh. Striptease. But, of course, coming in at number 23 in 1996 was a little film called Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> probably get into this later but at the time i'm like this is amazing this is groundbreaking but then it didn't do that well in the box office i mean it did pretty well or the or the um awards and stuff yeah in the awards and that kind of thing not so much but it definitely did better than they than they expected um didn't uh leo and claire win hottest couple in a drama comedy shakespeare movie for, at the <laughs> in, in TV Hits magazine. Yeah. Nickelodeon probably. Awards. Yeah, yeah probably. We didn't get slimed. So this particular picture, directed, co-produced and co-written by Mr. Baz Luhrmann, uh, came out in November 1996, budget of $14.5 million with a gross of $151.8 million. So that return on movie investment there is high. So while yeah. it wasn't at the top of the charts, as an investment. Mm. Oh, yeah. Baz, Baz Banks. At this point, yeah. he's only done Strictly Ballroom. Also banked. Mm. Oh, really? So this was his second. Oh. He's only done five. He's confident. Interesting. He's a confident man. Mm. Uh, interestingly, Mr. Roger Ebert only gave it two out of four. Mm. So Ebert said, I've seen King Lear as a samurai drama, and Macbeth as a mafia story, and two different Romeo and Juliet's about ethnic difficulties in Manhattan, both West Side Story and China Girl. But oh. I've never seen anything remotely approaching the mess that the new punk version of Romeo and Juliet makes of Shakespeare's tragedy. Oh, yeah. He tends to often say what I think but articulates it better. <laughs> That's Is that what do you think about the movie? Greg? We'll get into that. We'll get into time. that. We'll get into that. But I think mm-hmm. before we get into how we feel about it now, you guys picked this movie. I'd love to get a mm. sense of why. It's, a, it's an important one for both of you. You are unified on this. You're divided on the Ryans. You're divided on the Mariahs and the Whitneys of the mm. world. But you are united in your love for Romeo and Juliet. Now, why is that? What's going on there? So you were talking about casting your mind back. So 1996, but, you know, the movie came out in 97 because Singapore. Right. <laughs> oh. 
it's delayed. Right. Um, this was peak Carol going out with her friends for the first time era. Sticker photos and such. Yes. Yeah. Neoprints. And then, yeah, so we go to Shaw Centre, watch movies. That's our, that was the thing. This was definitely something we watched in the cinema. cinema. We loved all the boys, our age group, were wearing the big mambo t- the big mambo shirts. Really? With the baggy jeans. Yeah, it was a whole thing. It, it was just like that, permeated that through look. our… Wait, the fashion permeated? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, Montague. It was, it was well, a Montague's, think, correct. As a result of this movie, right? Well… Or I just, don't know what came first. Yes, yeah, it was but the vibe. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely around the same time or maybe a little bit after. Chicken or the mumbo. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah. we did this Classic. at school. So we did the, the play in lit at school. Why? Right. Was it lit? It was so lit. <laughs> Who did you play? <laughs> no, we didn't. It was just it's for literature. So it's like. The, oh, you, you just, studied it. Oh, I thought you meant like in theatre. Mm. No, no, no. We like, so we dissected the play and yeah, it was like a whole thing. Like, and then. We did it as well at high school. Yeah, our teachers were like, "Yeah, you can't watch the Baz Luhrmann one. You have to watch the the Zaffirelli, the from '68 or whatever." Because yeah, it's, it's not true to the text. Juliet was. was I, we watched that. She was beautiful. She was a babe. She was a babe. Gorgeous. And I her forgot her name. Were like up to here because of the corset. Yeah, the corset. So like, and Romeo was a babe too. We watched an interview with him yesterday. Didn't they we? were yeah. both babelicious. They were both babes. Yeah, they were they were the, it was the DiCaprio of his day, perhaps. He was quite a babe. So yeah, I waffled on a bit, but yeah, it was a big. Mm. I think it was a big deal. With my goldfish memory, I had to piece it all together with my <laughs> friends. I, I feel like you, you was a big deal. were able to get like a full picture, mm. whereas I still have no memory. Oh, it doesn't ten. have to be your Different. first memory. Can it what just are we be doing the... here and who are you? <laughs> I don't know who I am. I think what's I? interesting, I'm sure it's the same for you, Carol, but with you, wife, I think yes. I've seen, we've been together for a while and through the years this movie has remained relevant. Yes. It is. So maybe you don't remember the first the first memory isn't the first time you watched it, but it's always stayed with mm. you. So you know what? What are if some I, of the highlights? If I look back, my first memory of this was actually through the magazine covers. Yeah. And Leonardo DiCaprio was the cover star. What a babe. What a also, babe. same era, JTT oh. and Devon Sauer, the floppy blonde hair, skinny. 100%. Devon Sauer, I take umbrage with this. Am I using that word correctly? He wasn't in anything. He was in Now and Then and Casper. He was in Casper for eight seconds at the end. That's bullshit. Oh, he's Casper, isn't he? Yeah, because it's the thing. But all the girls are talking yeah. about Devin Sawa. That's he's enough. In now and then, Casper, that's enough. No, but he's <laughs> only when Casper comes to life. Is he not in it earlier? No, no. I mean, he might be the voice or something. Yeah. He might not even be the voice. I don't know. And then Final Destination later. Later. Yeah, but that's, I was a grown man. That's the tail end. And then Stan, obviously. And then now, valid. no, we don't. In Stan. What's Stan? Hope you can't sleep and you scream about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what are your daughters in this waters? <laughs> Sorry. I Don't digress. speak ill of Devon Tower. He was like, if, you know, the, the main poster, which all the other posters, you know, kind formed of around. formed around, yeah. he was at my main poster. It is pretty fascinating from a male point of view because he wasn't, I never knew Don't who he jealous. was. Girls, I, I was jealous. I was jealous because <laughs> I didn't know who he was. And I'm like, who's this competition? Who's all this, like, hypothetical competition? Yeah, hypothetical competition, yeah. But you didn't have the hair for this era. Yeah. You had the, you had the had brunette the curls? No, I didn't have curls then. You didn't have curls? I had curls curly red hair. What era would that have been appropriate <laughs> to? Because I don't know of any. 
As far as I know, curly red has been bullied since the dawn of time. Oh, Maybe it's six, I like the curly century red. century Maybe like the wildings from the uh, the Game of Thrones. Egret. Yeah. Egret. Yeah, mm. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It is funny though that times have changed in in the sense, you know, the blonde, floppy hair, skinny guy was the model of it's coming back. K-pop, the heartthrob. Heartthrob. Yeah. It's coming back. Heartthrob. Heartthrob. But now it's a hot throw. They're all like these twenty-something-year-olds pretending to be teenagers in high school with like full eight packs and like muscly mm. arms. It's such a different vibe. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right because I think even with this movie, I mean, we'll get into more. But no, actually, this is the appropriate time, isn't it? Even with this movie, I remember thinking at the time that I thought uh, Leo looked like a fit guy as a twelve-year-old human myself i was like this guy's got it all now now as a through a 2020 lens i'm like this guy is is a rake this this is uh i mean don't get me wrong you're not lifting you're not growing but great hair great hair he had the floppy hair he had it all we'll get more into the rewatch the jawline yes and but also they hired him he's 12 guys just no they hired him specifically because he looked a bit prepubescent. Yeah. He w- like that well, was why yeah. they chose him. He well, had a and bit that's of a, why we all went. The girls of that time went crazy for it. He had a bit of a case of the Biebers where he didn't really hit puberty till he was like thirty or something. Because oh, it oh, wasn't until like the Departed. I feel like he's only hitting it now. Yeah, he's got a beard. Yeah, but it wasn't until the Departed where I was like, oh, he's a man. He was it was like kind of a child. I, I always felt it was out of departed, place. He was quite. Youthful. It was still youthful, but it was borderline. Borderline, but it was the first for me, the first tipping over. Put on a bit of weight. I think that's done him a world of good. And the facial hair. The facial hair, but even just, I guess he wasn't. I don't think he ever wanted to be a heartthrob necessarily, except for maybe some pussy pussy cred. But um, he never really worked for me as like the Titanic guy. I thought that should be a more like. Never seen it. You never saw Titanic. (gasps) Oh. Wow. Wow. That's getting bumped up the list. Wow. That's wow. a bit weird. I've seen parts of it. <laughs> but I always thought like a, a Ryan Gosling would be a good Titanic. He's, he oh. looks like a child on Titanic. He doesn't look like a burly. This is my Ryan Gosling. Well. It's pretty good. <laughs> I think he has a similar vibe. <laughs> it's pretty good. To who? To Ryan Gosling? To Ryan Gosling. At that like, point, he But not like yet. At, the, at when they first came out or first became yeah. popular, like the notebook Ryan Gosling and Leo. I think Titanic, the notebook Ryan Gosling blonde hair. The notebook Ryan Gosling had more um Well that's true. I could look at the, the the Ryan Gosling in the notebook, I could imagine my grandfather being that guy kind of thing. Whereas DiCaprio on Titanic, that might have been like my grandfather's weak friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to get into like a <laughs> Not to sound too toxic masculinity on that one, but he doesn't seem like like the yeah, the rugged guy that's going to sweep her off her feet. <laughs> what did he ever do to you? Never invited hey. to the bossy bossy. Not I love once. him. Do, uh, half of my notes about, uh, when we get into the rewatch are about what a babe this guy is, but I just mean in terms of his career at this point. I mean, this was a big one. This was this was the launching pad, but Titanic came right after, and I, I feel like it set him on the wrong course personally, as like heartthrob. Um, when it wasn't necessarily... Oh, but that that happens. It happens. Colin Farrell. Johnny Depp. Others. They have to reject them. 
Greg and Tristan. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an age-old tale. GNT. <laughs> now, for me, you may be surprised to hear that this was actually a big movie for me too. So I saw Ooh, this. I am. I believe in I was 12 years old, I guess, and we used to go to Coffs Harbour every second year. My stepdad at the time, his family lived in Coffs Harbour and would go for Christmas every second year. And there was a cinema there and a Hog's Breath Cafe. I think that was the main things you could do there. Yeah. So we go to the movies a bit. And the, that year, I believe, we went to the cinema the first time and I made everyone, including like step cousins and shit, I was the youngest. <laughs> I made everyone watch Space Jam and I couldn't understand why they were so angry at me. Why wouldn't they not want to watch Space <laughs> I know. Jam? No, I was like, Space Jam, but, but it's but it's Michael Jordan and, and the cartoon. Bugs Bunny. What are you not understanding? <laughs> That's a valid question. Yeah, I mean, they're all idiots, I guess. But then... <laughs> What did they want to watch? <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, which I believe we ended up watching. And I think, oh, okay. I can't remember specifically, but it must have affected me in some way because I became, I was into it. I was really into it. And it wasn't the kind of movie that was, it wasn't filling the uh, schoolyard banter in any way. But I, there were a couple of guys at school that also liked this movie. The type, you know, the kinds of friends that I haven't even spoken to since then. <laughs> but at the time... I think we we bonded over this. We're like, it's so fucking cool though, right? Like, how cool is that? And they got the the guns, but the guns says sword on it. So then when they say sword, it's actually the guns. Like we were so yeah. into it. And the, and the cars and how cool is like uh, to bolt it, you know, at least we loved it. And even the soundtrack, we were into it, Quentin Tava, yada, 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 yada. Of course. And we would even just like kind of, we'd put the soundtrack on at each other's house and be like, I've seen this but movie it was, 17 times. I've seen but it, it was, 18 times. It was kind of closeted. <laughs> well, like we, it wasn't something you'd brag about, but between this little trio, we were like, fucking love this, fucking love oh, this. Oh, really? Because it was yeah. so different. You know There's how you guys talk about your mm. what you have on your shelf, um, filmmaker, wannabe Tristan yeah, yeah, had yeah. on his shelf. Mm. This would be if you if it was released a bit later. It was 100%. just so different that you'd be like, I'm so cool because I like this movie. Well, I think I exactly. I think I brought up before my I wanted to make a Western. Mm. And the, my idea for this Western was basically like the way this film was made in every way. <laughs> like the fast zoom ins and all the the hecticness of that. But um years later, I would meet a young woman at work named Mara. And she loved this movie and she drove a bright red Jeep and she had the soundtrack on in the car all the time. And it really? kind of be, it became it became yeah, our soundtrack. She cool. 100%. She it became our cool. soundtrack. That song, but it's always you and me always and forever. <laughs> Greg is so angry right now, guys. <laughs> know this song. It's such a good song. That became that was like kind of our yeah, it would go out and do things song. It is um, a very like. Did you hold hands while she was driving? Well, I would have to meet Ara up the street because she didn't want people to know we were dating. Because mm. we, we had that. But we were working where? together, guys. From we were working. We had together. that too. We together. also worked together, I so know. we met on the corner, far away from the actual. We were very appropriate. About? You tried to pass me in front of the whole team like, the first week we were dating. Edit this out. Edit this out. So it was big for me. Now we've saved. <laughs> Who saved maybe the most controversial for last year, Gregory Seymour. Carney. <laughs> Gregory Carney, I want to hear your history with this movie. Uh, no, I wasn't really into it. I remember it was popular with the girls. Yeah. 
Um, I did love the Quindon Tava songs though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't. Was I your think, voice like that back then? I could imagine you might have probably. been. Yeah. I don't know what I, I think I sounded similar to now. But yeah, the, there's there's two two numbers he has in this. And back in the day, I always thought it was the same song. You know, you're right. It was quite. It, if unless you had the CD single, yeah, it was kind of hard to come across. You couldn't just kids of today; they can just get on there with the internets and find what they're looking for. Yeah, a bit harder back then. So I didn't have as much direct access. I think my sister got the CD single of Doves Cry, right? And I would have listened to that a lot. His voice is incredible. Mm. It's so good, incredible. Mm. Um, it's Michael Jackson esque. They wanted a young Stevie Wonder. That was the brief. Man, we'll, we'll probably talk about him in a bit. Yeah. But um, so that yeah, that's probably my clearest memory. I remember the whole oh the, the gun. They call them. They've written swords in it, so they talk about the swords. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was cool. No, no, yeah, but for, for me, it, I wasn't into it. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> We've talked about it before mid mid nineties movies, but you the three of us are in the same boat. Greg was a meaningful two years older. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's important. Right. That's, that's, that's a lot of age. Wait, so yeah. how how that's old were you when cool this? <laughs> that's the biggest gap from twelve to fourteen. That's a huge gap. Yeah, it's that's called true. puberty. Yeah, yeah. He's off there watching Good Cop, Bad Cop on repeat with, um, you know, Pamela Anderson and such. Oh no, oh. you're probably watching. You're probably watching a Sally Field picture. But, <laughs> no, <that laughs> but you get the idea. Sally, Sally was a creeper for me. Fried right? green tomatoes. <laughs> Is she in that? I don't think so. Did you? <laughs> She, first she said, I think so. Hang on. She might be. She might be. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it works so, Yeah. <laughs> I remember the spectacle that was surrounding this yeah. film. But how about um, the Claire Danes angle? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought she was I, I thought she was a mega babe. Really? I did not. I wow. did. Um, mm. Which probably was reserved for that moment of my life. Interesting. I've got the complete opposite. I was like, why would you have her as... As Juliet, I thought and she then was in more pretty. recent years, I've realised she's 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 a bad. That was my type oh, back then, like a, a mousy, yeah. plain sort of. <laughs> Man, I grew up. I was still in the Again, world of like not reflecting well on me <laughs> <laughs> back then. Darling, you're heaps plain. No, oh, 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 I didn't mean that. <laughs> His ideal woman is a bit of Sally Field, a bit of Juliet. No, no, I thought she was. I did think she was a babe when I was a kid. She, I mean, she is a babe. Is she? You're not wrong. Like she's, a, yeah, she's a babe. I mean, she's a Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. It's not like she's 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 Juliet for fuck's sake. They're not casting. Yeah, she's not there to be odd looking. Susan Boyle or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try to think of someone that's not attractive that wouldn't be offensive. She would have a great singing voice for the musical version of for the musical Romeo. version, perhaps. <laughs> I dream a dream of Romeo. <laughs> All right, well, um, I feel like we've been well acquainted with our history of the film. Should I get into the origin oh, story? Well, we're in. Yes, please. Origin story. In the tradition of Double Impact and Tommy Boy, Baz Luhrmann had the idea to adapt an, an historical uh, piece of literature into a modern film. Yeah. Tommy Boy? Tommy Boy was Hamlet. Of course. Mm. Double Impact, of Corsican Brothers. Of Not at the same period, but, you know. So Baz Luhrmann, not very original is kind of what I'm saying. I guess he saw Double Impact and was like, ah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Aha. <laughs> Got an idea. Where's my spoon? Wait, double impact <laughs> would be the one that's where they kind of play each other. There's another that's Shakespearean not Shakespeare. one. It's not a Shakespeare one. It's um, it's by Alexandre Dumas. It's, uh, it's French, French writer. It's French. It's French. Shakespeare was English, actually. Now, way before Double Impact, actually, this is interesting. This, the idea of Romeo and Juliet existed way before Double Impact. In fact, it was written somewhere between 1591 and 1595. So the mid 90s. <laughs> so it's the 25th anniversary of the film this year, but it's the 424th anniversary of the play this year. Exactly. You're, wow. Now you're exactly right, Carol. And I thought it was interesting that this thing written in the mid 90s, Came out in the mid nineties, four hundred years later. Oh, it's almost serendipitous. It's, it's serendipitous. However, what if I told you that this play itself was an adaptation of something that existed earlier? It's based on a book from fifteen sixty two, back in the swinging sixties of the fifteen hundreds, mm. called "The Tragical History of Romeus and Juliet" by Arthur Brooke. Oh, mm. is that Albert? Any relation to Albert Brooks? I assume so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scorpio of his day. Yeah. Now, that was retold in prose in William Painter's Palace of Pleasure in, in 1567. And Shakespeare is understood to have taken from both of these versions. But in his version, he would dial up Mercutio and Paris, Paris being the Paul Rudd character. So that was the mid-90s of the, of the 1500s. We fast forward to the mid-90s of the 1900s. And Mr. Baz Luhrmann, after watching Double Impact, as we've discussed, yep. um, he, he's made a film called Strictly Ballroom, very small budget film. There's a beautiful Coke sign in it, Paul Mercurio, yada, yada, yada. Sonia Kruger's in it, by the way. Yeah, she's one that? of the other dancers. Yeah. I've never seen that. I've seen it, but I can't remember. But a lot of people saw it as it turned out because it was a, it was a roaring success. In Australia. In Australia, yeah, should, but I think in overseas. I, I really want to watch it because, you know. Well, I always remember Australian there's film. like strict, it was Strictly Born, Muriel's Wedding and. Uh, the Castle. The Castle. No. no. The Castle. Priscilla, Priscilla, Queen Priscilla. of the Desert. Oh, yeah, I always get strictly I feel like this, this trio of movies were the ones that were making it overseas. And I was, as an Australian, yeah. I remember being like proud of like, yeah, we're taking on the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud also was, was Mr. Baz Luhrmann, writer, director of, of Strictly Ballroom. He would go on to think carefully about his next project. I mean, the, uh, Baz Luhrmann, he'd done one movie at this point, but even now he's only done five movies. So this is not the kind of guy that just runs out for the next director for hire type of project. Oh yeah, he's a considered choiceman. He's a he's a he's a he's a <laughs> what's the word that what's the word? An author. Author, yeah. Auteur. Wait, on. what happened to choiceman? I never oh. know how to say that. A choiceman. <laughs> the real choiceman. Now he says our philosophy has always been that uh, we think up what we need in our life, choose something creative that will make that fulfilling, and then follow that that road. With Romeo and Juliet, what I wanted to do was uh, to look at the way in which Shakespeare might make a movie of one of his plays if he was a director. How would he make it? We don't know a lot about Shakespeare, but we know, but we do know he would make a movie movie. He was a player. We know about the Elizabethan stage and that he was playing for 3,000 drunk punters from the street sweeper to the Queen of England, and his competition was bear baiting and prostitution. So he was relentless. He was a relentless entertainer and a user of incredible devices and theatrical tricks to ultimately create something meaningful and convey a story. That was what we wanted to do. So it's basically saying 
you don't necessarily think of Shakespeare as this. You think of him as a do 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 do, you know, fancy man. But he was ultimately <laughs> the blockbuster guy of his day. Yeah. He had to he had to have four quadrant smashes from the from the prostitution customers to the queen. You know. Yeah. Um, so telling stories for every every person. Exactly. So in his mind, he's like, if Shakespeare's alive today, how would he make Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> the rest is history. But I will go into it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might. Retort, yeah, <laughs> that Shakespeare perhaps wouldn't have done this film, this particular one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, okay, that's all. that's all. Yeah, yeah. Would he have made ten things I had about you? Perhaps. Mm. I hope so. Oh, 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 yeah. I never saw oh, Romeo must die. <laughs> Romeo, he would have done Romeo, Romeo must, must die. die. How good would that be? Shakespeare lives to the nineteen hundreds. He's like guns. Fucking A, man. <laughs> Martial arts. Guns and Chinese Kung Fu. DMX. Was DMX in that? Uh, God, I, could, I think no. he was. Aaliyah was in it. Um, What's his name's in it? Aaliyah's in it. Oh. He's in it. Carol's got an answer. His character's name was Silk. Who's in it? Who? DMX. Oh, he's in it. Yeah. He's in it. Man, I can't even place him in it. I've seen that movie a lot. Now, he didn't have... I guess the thing with doing Shakespeare is in, in some form you have the beginnings of a script already. Um, the only other part that he knew is that he wanted Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. I'm going to make a movie. My only condition is I need Leonardo DiCaprio. It's well, he was like, if, this is the kind of movie where it's so dependent on casting. You're going to get make Romeo. It has to be like the perfect Beb. Oh, I don't know. Is that a statement or is that a? Quote, like that's not a quote, but that's what he was going for. He's like, mm. I want to get the guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair you, enough. Mm. You don't think he's the Romeo? But he, don't, he didn't know that he was the guy. Some... What? Baz Luhrmann didn't know that Leo was the guy. Well, he did. So R and I watched some interview with Baz last night, and he was basically saying, I, I needed the guy. He saw what was a paparazzi shot of Leonardo DiCaprio and goes, Oh fuck, a guy like that. If only he could act, that would what be a babe. Romeo. That's what he said. Yeah, what a babe. Yeah, fair enough. What a babe. That's Romeo. If only he could act. Little did he know he was an actor. He'd done the Basketball Diaries. He'd done What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He'd done one small scene in Growing Pains or a few scenes. I think he was recurring in that. But um, he was an actor. Bit screamy in this though. Bish bash bo- Yeah, well, we'll get into that because I tend to agree. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll get we into need that. To, we need we'll to talk about we'll the screaming. Yeah. I don't think he's the – yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> He's in. Some something happens in between, but he's in. He's so in that he spends his own money to bring him and his pussy bossy to Sydney to help Baz shoot a teaser to show producers to get this thing funded. Because you can imagine oh, respect in that. those days, yeah. In those days, especially using the old timey dialogue and everything, no one's that interested in this. Um, but they they kind of work together to make this thing come to life. And they're like, yep, this guy's a babe. Let's just make a movie with this guy. Whatever you want to do, let's fucking do it. And and so they do. Haveth thee some faith. Yeah, ha- haveth ye some faith. Oh, I was very worried that Greg would spend the whole episode <laughs> speaking all <laughs> doing <English>. that. Because <laughs> he was doing that when we were watching the movie. Well, About half an hour in before you gotteth my... The yeah. floodgates are open. <laughs> the floodgates are open, Greg. <laughs> no, no, the open. The floodgates are open. Now. Oh. oh. <laughs> No sound effects. Now, while Leo was always going to be Romeo, it was somewhat harder to find his Juliet. Now, at one point it was Natalie Portman, who was 14 at the time. 
to be fair, Leo looked quite young, especially in the casting stages of this. And they were like, maybe that could work. Once they got them together, once they got them together, they were like, yeah, now it's a bit creepy. Yeah, 21. he was twenty one. So by the way, yeah, yeah like quite That's literally, fair. he's twenty one. She's fourteen. That's just not not cool, right? Well, have you seen Leon? Yeah, exactly. Interestingly, Juliet is meant to be 13 in the play. Well, that's the thing. And so he's meant to be young too, right? I think he's meant to be 16 or something. something. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks 16. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, you can't really get away from the fact he's 21, she's 14. It would just be not cool. Yeah, no, not cool. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar had to turn it down. She had some homework to do? No, she was... (laughs) (laughs) She was on a soap at that point, All My Children or something. Um... But Jane Campion said, you've got to check out this television program called My So-Called Life. There's a young actress in it. Her name's Claire Danes. That's your Juliet. <sighs> Bish bash bosh, you got Juliet. Now, they shot this thing in Miami. They shot this thing in Mexico City. They shot this thing in Boca del Rio. Boca del Rio? Del Boca Vista. Um, and somewhere between these three places, hairstylist Aldo Signoretti was kidnapped by a gang of by a gang of gangsters. A by gang a- of gangsters. <laughs> Ooh. I believe I was multitasking when I did my notes. Uh, by a gang of gangsters and held for three hundred dollars ransom. Three hundred US dollars. <laughs> three hundred dollars ransom. Oh, what a bargain! I would be pissed off if I, I got know. taken. But come on, yeah, come on, guys. I mean, they didn't pay it. He's we can do dead. better. No, they paid it, but he did break a leg. But that's what they say in show business. They do. They do. That's where it comes from. Break a leg. I know where it comes from. Another little behind the scenes tidbit. The sets you see, they're hand built. They got torn down by a real tornado. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Life imitating art. Art Yeah. And that's where they got the idea for The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. The timeline, it's not (laughs) non-linear, but it adds up. Bish Bash Bosh, she goes for a movie rap party, The Viper Room. That would be a good uh, rap party. Yeah, that, it would be not I mean, bad. I say that quite potty. often. <laughs> no, <laughs> because you got the pussy posse. Oh, so that would be enough. loose. Let's play the trailer. Here we go. Let them find me here. Dead. <laughs> I'm playing! I'm both your eyes! 
DiCaprio, Claire Danes, in William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Good trailer. Hell of a trailer. Hell of a trailer. I mean, we all took pee breaks. I don't know how many of us saw that trailer, but it was a good one. We all did wheeze. Except Seymour <laughs> and I. Um, the guy that always does the trailer, what's his name? Don. Don LaFontaine. That wasn't him, though. Wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> was it? Because I was like, there. that's a big ask for Mr. Don to like, hey, by the way, instead of the usual trailers that you do, can you do Shakespearean, uh, old-timey oh. English? Whoa, 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 whoa. Motherfucking do you know, ooh, maybe. Ooh. He could do it. He does he it all. basically wrote Shakespeare <laughs> with his voice. Because you know enough. how there's different voices and sometimes we go, oh, that's the other guy, not LaFontaine. I, it's probably still LaFontaine. He just has a different persona or something. I would love to have heard the great, because he's passed, he's long past, unfortunately. Oh. Wouldn't you love to hear him give trailers for the whole back catalogue of Shakespeare's works? Yeah. In a port. <laughs> One man. What? That's Merchant of Venice. A pound of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. In a wood. With some fairies. <laughs> oh, you know quite a few Shakespearean titles. Don John the Bastard. <laughs> Much I thought about you nothing. were going to go like if he this did summer, one current came. films like Twilight. <laughs> oh, wait, well, he still would though. Yeah. Yeah, he would if he was alive. Like I feel like they retired the VO with him passing away. It's like retiring MJ's jersey. Respect. Now, yeah. you may have noticed this episode's a little bit different to usual in that uh, there's four of us. Um, and we were thinking, you know, mm. usually this is where Greg does a little plot recap, but we thought we might pass that responsibility onto the wives. Yeah. <clears throat> so what the hell? Seems you got us into this mess. What the hell happened in this movie? <laughs> I feel you guys might not know this, but Greg actually does prep for this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surprise. Um, And he actually, you know, gives a bit of thought into the synopsis of of the movie. Certainly, where I feel like Ara and I have not. Now, no pressure at all. But you guys know this like the back of your hand. And it's a love story. It's a love story. That's what I had in my head. I was like, and it's a love story. So you know, you know where you want to end up. (laughs) Take us there. Well, this is 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 well trodden territory, really, because there's um with a lot of Shakespearean plays, they actually give it all away up front. They tell you the ending. They tell you what's going to happen. They do. They do. Mm. Often oh. called the prologue. Goodness. Yeah, yeah, girl. Messy terms. <laughs> I'm prologue. <laughs> um. So we were just going to do that. But yell it. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. Two households. Both alike in dignity. In fair Verona, Verona, where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge, break to new mutiny. Where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair, pair of, of star-crossed lovers take their lives. Overthrows. Something, 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 strike. 
All are punished. All are punished. Oh, they do say that at the beginning, do they? Yeah. That's what I was asking you. Do they say all are punished at the beginning? No, they no. they they just tell you the whole story in the first five minutes. Which is interesting because the whole movie, I pointed this out, the opening is like a trailer for the movie. Mm. Mm. Yes. It's quite cool. And the whole thing is all like, you know, foreshadowing, whatever. So yeah. I'm like, listen to your gut, people. And so <laughs> Don't do that, the thing that you think is going to happen. Is that a standard thing with Shakespeare that the opening does kind of just tell, it's like a synopsis almost? I'm not sure, but expect? definitely in Romeo I, and Juliet. I guess you wouldn't see trailers in Elizabethan England or whatever. Like it's not like you catch the trailers, so... Maybe they do do that at the beginning to like stick around. It's good. Yeah, like maybe don't they, leave. They mightn't yeah. have understood all the words either. So maybe <laughs> like I'm going to tell you what's happened, what happens. So when I do a th- this, a th- <laughs> you just go, yeah, I kind of heard it, so I get it. Yeah, you know, I, I've got some context here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a love story between Mercutio and Romeo. Oh, but also Romeo and Juliet, and also Mercutio and Tybalt, forbidden love. Oh. Who's Tybalt? Uh, John Leguizamo. Love him. In fine form. Oh, so good. This is the coolest John Leguizamo has ever been, ever will be. Yeah, he was It great. is the coolest. And is as a young boots? man seeing this, uh, like, he's so fucking cool and he's been, well, this is harsh, but it's been sort of a disappointing career. I mean, he's had a successful career, but in terms of the stuff I want to see, it's not really my mm. jam. I, I, I feel like he's only like 54. Awesome. Oh, he's still going, yeah, don't get me wrong. And he's done like some, he did Spike Lee, the Summer of Sam, he's done, he did Spawn. But he did he's like all heaps. these dumb. Yeah, uh, I agree. He should lean into the cool. He's fucking cool. He's so fucking cool. I don't know he's a comedian too, so maybe this is not his comfort zone or something and maybe he's more a comedy guy. But in terms of first impressions on a young Tristan, who's this fucking cool guy? I want to see him do cool shit in every other next boots. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Quite that, the heel. That was one of my first things in the rewatch, but, but before I go off on, on, a, on a ranting thing, what, what about you guys? How, you, we all rewatched it this week. How did you guys find it? We'll start with the wives. Carol? Oh, it was so, uh, Sorry. No, no, it was. <laughs> being polite. Listen, I think I, in my <laughs> life. Listen. listen, I think listen in my up. life. Listen. Up. It's, been, it's been 25 years since I've first Watch this movie. We think. No, 24 years. Maybe. <laughs> maybe 20 years. I don't know. You do some carbon dating. And every year I watch it at least twice. Yeah, it's true. Even into my 30s. This and the whole I will just be like, you know what? It's a Romeo and Juliet kind of day. And I'll give it a what watch. What kind of day is that? I don't Describe know. Maybe it's like is a, it a rainy day. Sometimes yeah. it's when I'm at the beach wearing a, a suit and smoking a cigarette with my hair flopping over one eye. So cool. This, hey, this movie was an introduction to Radiohead for me as well, by the way. Was it? Yeah, that song was cool. It still is. So cool. Mm. It was amazing because I was watching watching it with fresh eyes with Tris. Yeah. I don't think we've watched it together. It's Tristan. Yeah. I don't think Tristan. anyone on the show has heard him called Tris before. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what it's I call cute. Tristan, guys. Um, but it was really it was really nice to watch the movie with Tris. Oh. With fresh eyes. He wouldn't let me talk about the movie because it was like save it for the pod. Yeah, so but there you go. It, it was as, as amazing as I watched it when I was 12 years old. Aww. Yeah. Maybe yeah. even better because I feel like I understand things better now and maybe I understand what they're saying a little bit better now than I did back then. Mm. But the, the yeah. fashion, the styling, the aesthetic, 
It's a it's a feast for my eyes, thine eyes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, I was actually going to watch it again today, but I didn't have time. That's how much There's I loved it. There's never enough time. There's never enough time to satisfy Shakespeare. Never, <laughs> Carol. Yeah, I I absolutely loved it. I love every viewing I have of this movie. It's interesting because I haven't watched it in a little while, yeah. And I knew, you know, we're doing it for this podcast. Gotta have a critical eye on it. Um, and there were definitely things I felt that were so OTT, mm. and I'm like, oh, I probably thought in when I was 13 watching it, like, oh my god, this it's is the coolest shit that yeah. I've ever seen. But now, you know. So many years later, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a bit much, and I know we'll get into it probably. But the Leo and Claire Danes anguish cry face <laughs> screaming thing yeah. was just like mm. I laughed. I was like, oh my god, it's too much. Yeah. Um, but overall, I'm willing to overlook all of that stuff yeah. because there's Leo's so hair. many so many member berries that come mm. with this movie. And Leo, and yeah, yeah, and you know, um, I read a couple of things in prep for the podcast. Oh, no way. <laughs> and the number of times I see Leo uh, and sexual awakening. Smoldering. Smoldering um, Leo. And that's like so true. Like whatever he came on screen, I was like, oh, God, yeah. Something tingle. Man, just, honestly, that was one of the first things. I just, I think I just like threw my phone, I've taken notes on my phone, I just threw my phone down. I was like, what a fucking babe. Yeah. <laughs> so a, so but it's beautiful. also intentional too. It reminded me of, you know, when we did um, From Dust Till Dawn and the way Robert Rodriguez was talking about Clooney. It's like, I'm going to shoot this guy oh, to show yeah. the world he's a star. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like shots from the ground up to all show these, his, Yeah, his all these iconic are, shots yeah. that are just basically like star making yeah. for Leo. It's yeah. just like this fucking guy, 100%. guys, world, this is the fucking guy. Yeah. Put him in everything now. Yeah. Um, get yeah. obsessed, everyone. <laughs> that was very intentional. The long, lingering shots of him. All like gold, oh, golden hour. Oh, golden hour on the beach. Just so beautiful. And I actually do love <laughs> Claire Danes. Yeah. I want to smoke right now. Like Claire Danes in this movie is perfect. Like she's like so innocent, beautiful, mm. just encapsulates what they were trying to do. Capulent. But I have to say, present day Claire Danes does not do it for me. I'm like the opposite. She's, Oh my god, she annoys me so much. Why? But yeah, it's I think it's what movie you watch is she Homeland? in? Homeland. Where she's it's always a she's acting. I know. She's I know, intense. But I no, I, I can't. And, I had the um, opposite. I was like, oh Claydanes is awesome later in life. And but I also have newfound admiration for Mercutio, especially. I always thought Tybalt was cool. Like I always So Mercutio was it. my man back in the day. That was the guy that me and my friends were like, how fucking cool is Mercutio? Wow. Which yeah. is pretty interesting considering he was in drag for half yeah. the time. Screen. Well, it was, it was, I think when I was 13, I didn't quite get it. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. I definitely I, didn't. Oh, that's the don't other quite part get the I forgot but to But now mention. I appreciate it so much more. Yeah. I like, forgot to, yeah. So cool. Well, my memory of that the movie I forgot to mention was that my dad and my stepmom saw it first at some event and they were like, oh, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> And it's perfect because they definitely weren't ready for that version of of A Romeo and Juliet Shakespeare, but also the the drag and stuff. My they were they're a bit old school. They're probably there now, but then they were like, "Oh, it's a bit. It's just silly." 
There's no need. Whereas we were like, oh That's my god, probably why I liked so it, rebelling. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. I think a, it's cool. That was the whole <laughs> bit, right? Yeah. It's yeah. A cool version of something that's old and stuffy. Exactly. Mm. And that, and I read a thing where it was like the unexplored bisexuality of Mercutio that he yeah, was okay. in love with Romeo. Oh. But they were all like 14-year-old boys meant to be 14, 16-year-old boys. Yeah. But it's sort of like you can be in love with your best friend but not actually in a sexual way. Just well, it's just like love. Bromance. Yeah. Like, bromance. Yeah, bromance. Like true bromance. Yeah, so that was like interesting when I read that. He is so fucking cool. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of disappointment, man, like he is so cool in this and he's cool in Oz. Remember Oz? He has a great role in Oz. And he, I think he ruined his career on Lost. He oh, just kept trying to find Lost? his son, Walt, all the time. It's just him yelling into the ocean, Walt! Walt! <laughs> and just a being, plague on both your houses. <laughs> being a bit of a weasel, throwing plagues on houses and all kinds of shit on an island in Lost. But he was just the worst character and I honestly think it tainted his career big time because he, he's fucking awesome. He's so good in this. A bit like a John Leguizamo scenario where I'm like, those two guys should have been in everything after this. But, yeah. Anyway, more on that later. Greg, what, how was the rewatch for you? Uh, peaks and troughs. Peaks and yeah. troughs. I think I enjoyed the start of it. I enjoyed the spectacle, the Lerman-esque, over-the-top shebang. I was into yeah. it. I was like, there's a lot of colour going on here. Yeah. They've, they've kept the language. That's interesting. Yeah. I want to see. The shirts. How- Oh, yeah, the, and the two different styles of dress, the two different houses. I was much more conscious of that this time. There was a lot going on and I'm, I was into it. And yeah. the, the soundtrack of it is incredible. Yeah. Um, the cast, we'll get into it, but the cast is amazing. Yeah. Um, I didn't love the lyrics. I don't know how he got this cast, to be honest. They're just an interesting, like, Brian Dennehy. Yeah. The Thespian. Back to back from Tommy Boy to this. Yeah, we've got to do gla- The Gladiator next week. Yeah. I want to treble. <laughs> on a on a three-peat of Brian Dennehy. Yeah. Um, but I did – it did get a bit tiresome for me. Yeah. I got a little bit worn out because it's pretty like – it becomes over the top and Claire and Leo's crying res- recitement. Is that a word? Yeah. Of, I actually – Shakespeare kind of like – Sucked, I thought. I'm 100% on the same page as you with this and I didn't realise it until Ara pointed out we're watching the movie and I wasn't paying attention essentially what were the most important bits. Ara was like, pay attention, like the romance stuff. And I realised I fundamentally just can't get invested into the romance because they met once. Yeah. And that's not Baz Luhrmann's fault, that's Romeo and Juliet. But for me, I just can't get into that. But what I love about it is everything you said, the whole world – in which this exists. The world around it is brilliant. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. When this movie opens, every time I'm blown away like, what the fuck is this? And it's so, it's definitely OTT to a point, Carol, but for me, I think, I think I've think i gone full circle on the OTT-ness and I'm like, I love the OTT of it all. I like, Even, yeah. I'm just like, fuck it, more, more of everything. The opening <laughs> like, scene is great at the petrol yeah. station. I was totally it's, into that. It's amazing. And then I think I get a bit of, bit of a lull in the middle. Because I'm, I don't really care about them that much. And then it made me realise as well. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. There's a similar thing, not to the same extent, but there's a similar principle at play here I've realised when it comes to things like the Marvel films. I don't necessarily, I watch every single one. I don't think they're all amazing, 
but I'm always drawn to it because I want to see how they make it work in cinema. And there's always some clever twist from the comic to the movie that I'm always like, oh, that's so cool, which is kind of everything I like about this movie. Um, what about and, from a character? Is that the same from a character perspective? I think so. Well, that, I think that's a big part Romeo of it. Romeo and Juliet are probably my, I'm probably least interested my in My least in interested. Film. Mercutio and Tybalt. And even when yeah. he kills Mercutio, the look on his face and he's like, what the fuck have I done? Yeah. There's so much going on there. Yeah, that's I'm the just so into stuff. it. And it's like once once they're dead, it's like, yeah. It, the rest is the rest is an epilogue or something. Yeah. Do you think it's because you're watching it all these years later that you miss seeing the you know, there's with the main leads like Leo and Claire, there's the whole like love and lust element. But now you're looking back and you're like, fucking, you met three days ago. Grow up, I kids. I think there's like, a bit that's of that. so stupid. Mm. I think I probably n- never was that emotionally invested in those two. But now, you're right, as an adult, probably even less so. And I buy more into like the, the meaningful relationships there of like Mercutio trying to look after his guy but then being caught in the crossfire and, you know, plague on both the houses, yada, yada, yada. To Bolt being just blindly loyal to his to his Montague's Capulet. How dare you? How dare you? I had a 50-50 shot. Um, Like that stuff is is like the tension point for me. The rest is Mm. like, I mean, it still is a tension point. And I think I still get caught up in like, oh, no, just wait a second. He just drank the point. Like that stuff, sure. But it's almost like, I don't know, that stuff, I don't know. I don't get that invested into it. The rest of it is very much I'm on the edge of my seat. Even the beginning at the... To your point, the petrol station thing, I'm like, no, fuck, no. Is it maybe the Uh, performances by the support cast are better? Well, that's that was my main thing here. When I look at performances in this one, I did like Claire Danes more this time than what I did before. And again, Ara and I were watching some things last night and she made a point, I think, that she was sticking to a traditional delivery of the dialogue and Leo and the gang were doing more conversational, modern cadence and shit which i thought was interesting so i, I realized there was more at play there than i probably recognized in my younger years but i think it's the supporting characters that were fucking awesome mm. basically all of all of the montagues mm. were real that whole opening oh, they were all good jamie kennedy was i was gonna good. say i was gonna say <laughs> even the, like they, they, kept, they had this um sort of nervous yeah yeah frenetic yeah, yeah. energy that was kind of cool. but guys maybe that's the point Maybe that's the point of the whole thing. In that, if that if the households story. if the households weren't involved, <laughs> they would have just had a regular teenage relationship, and they would have that's broken true. up three months later. Yeah, no, but I, uh, because of the turmoil between the Capulets and the Montagues, that's like where the drama should be, and that's what's most exciting. That is valid. They okay. should have had the opportunity to break up. Almost, right? It was too quick. It was three days. It was three, and then they were dead. Three days later, like a lot of people had died. Our first date yes. was three days. Yeah. 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 Ooh, Ooh, we want to hear more about that. <laughs> P.S. The whole OTT thing. Yeah. Like I actually quite like the OTT-ness of some of the scenes, like that end with, you know, that gets... Yeah, that was pretty beautiful. Yeah. With the, the, the oh, crosses when he's walking the down the aisle. That all looks so epic. Like the heavily stylized bits. Yeah, I actually oh. love it. I meant more of That's Loman's bag. 
I meant more the, the, crying um, the, the filming. Oh, the zoom the in. Whoosh, the bus. Oh. oh, yeah. You call that a, in the first scene. <laughs> I was like, holy yeah. crap. That was a I'm bit jarring at first shit. for me. Yeah. It's but dated. Even, like that, as you said, that's dated. Like that was It was very cool trendy at the time. But he he did it in, in Strictly Ballroom as well. I think he probably mm. did it in... Moulin Rouge as well. He did in Moulin Rouge as well. Yeah. Actually, he did. But it does feel a bit like. um, What do you. I don't like. Music video y or like film school y or something. It feels a bit amateur. That's what they say. Very MTV esque. Because now it's all about the long shot. Yeah. Yeah. In a Ratu doing 20 minutes of one single. Yeah. Take. Like that was all cool. Like the shirts, the costumes, the the setting, the everything was, was still very. Yeah, relevant and looked amazing. The shirts would sell I think now. The, the shirts yeah. with a, with now you know versus right twelve year old Tristan with a more sophisticated fashion palette as as um, <laughs> if you don't as sweetened by um, as he says in his stubbies and singlet. Yeah, some punk clothes. Ara definitely so, so agree with style me. pants. <laughs> um, I didn't really, like. I just always like. Oh yeah, the Hawaiian shirts. But looking at these shirts, these must have been custom made by Mrs. Lerman. Because she does all the costumes, right? This is well, Mom, a, a lord of costumes. Yeah, she does all the costumes. She's won all the Oscars. She's I don't know if he's won an Oscar, but she's won Oscars, right? And she, I, I, she must have made these half. shirts from scratch because these shirts are fucking amazing and they're not just Hawaiian. They're in the style of Hawaiian shirts, I suppose. But they're very unique looking. They're great. Yeah. Well, they would the, cost a fortune. Yeah. That's, I mean. So floppy. Like yeah. you guys floppy gr- shirt. growing up in Australia, Mambo, that would have been a thing, right? Because that was the shirts that the – the I boys in that went straight Singapore, to the dance, those shirts. Fourteen-year-old yeah. boys were wearing. We were wearing them. It's interesting because I've I have um I've started following Reg. What's his name? The Mambo guy on Instagram. Mombasa. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm ready for more of this guy. He's fantastic. He's great. I saw him at um, Sydney Art Fair, and I wanted to go up and introduce myself. His daughter's a comedian. Cool to have art of his on the walls. Yeah, he's, he's fucking cool. I used, to, I used to mimic it. I used to draw shit trying oh, to do Mambo totally. things. Yeah. So fucking cool. 30% probably don't know what we're talking about. Mambo was a cool brand in the 90s, man. Australian. Well, he's an Australian iconic. Artist, 30% plus. He's an iconic mm. artist. Like, plus Singapore. They had no Mambo. So 31%. <laughs> 30. <laughs> 30.2%. A bit more on cast because I think the, the, the magic of the cast – Spreads out even further beyond to Bolton Mercutio. We've got Paul Savino there in a fucking oh, scary he's awesome. So fucking scary. He's he is Mina Savino's Mia Savino's dad. He went in, after um Weinstein at one point. Yeah. Because he limited her career in some way. There was yeah, some, there was something, something fucked up that happened there, and he was basically like this character. I'll fucking yeah. kill him. <laughs> I feel like he he's one of those terrific sort of a little bit of a typecast. Yeah. In a good way. He has gravitas, that's for sure. Oh, and he's and he he lets it unleash in this. Yeah. <sighs> Guys, I was so scared of him. Yeah. Yeah, he's scary. When he unleashes on Juliet. That's fucked that's fucking scary, man. That's good. It was appropriate for this. Yes. I was like, that's a good Yeah. For that scene, the crying anguish thing that Claire He's good in all his scenes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like and, and the last scene when they're kind of on the on the courthouse steps or whatever it is, yeah. realizing that both their kids are dead. And the policeman's kind of berating them. Yeah. And they're both sort of standing there paralyzed. That's a great scene. And on that, yeah, Denner, he doesn't actually beautiful. do much in this movie, but he does a lot. He, I don't think he has any lines almost, but he's I a couldn't the, think of presence wise, yeah. especially doing this the week after Tommy Boy. 
You almost don't really? even realize it's the same guy. <laughs> this is linear for you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. He is a that's without dialogue, and he is a completely different human in these two movies that came out a year apart as well. Yeah, that's that's acting, man. Well, I he, don't know what it is, what I, how they do it, but it's acting. <laughs> yeah, what they've done, what they've studied, <laughs> some kind of dark arts. What I, what I learned last week, which I might have read in the past and forgotten, very likely, he was a thespian. His his body of work skews heavily to theatre. Right. Um, Ooh, and a lot of the, he's done a lot of Shakespeare, Shakespeare stuff. Mm. Um, so I don't know if him getting cast in this was a bit of a nod to that or he was just like, well, you need, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure of the background of that, but yeah. very appropriate. Also, a light role. Montague's mum. She's friends. Oh, she's so intense. Oh, she's from Friends. Yeah, she's Ross Geller and Monica she's, Geller's mum. Oh, she is. Oh, is God, she? she's no the, Montague, not she's Mrs. Geller. Montague yeah, she is. Oh, but the, the intense one is Juliet's mum, Capulet. Yeah, okay. She's she's great. She's fantastic in this too. In this, yeah. Now, I, guys, let's be honest with ourselves. The biggest difference in watching this in 1996 versus watching it in 2021 is, of course, Paul Rudd. Oh my god! He, as as somewhat of a background so character back in the nineties, a handsome astronaut and whatnot. Now it's hard to watch it and not think of it as a comedic performance. He's yeah, hilarious he's and great funny. in this. He's so funny. The, the whole part like, the dancing, the, the <laughs> where he does it, this flick. He's, of his he's writing oh his tits off. He's doing all the rud stuff that we know and love today. But before we knew what yeah. we were looking at, it's amazing. And he knew. He knew. He's, Paul, he's, he's actually Paul Rudd. He stayed true <laughs> to himself this whole time. He's like, I'm just going to act in movies and eventually the world will catch on to this thing that I do, which is magical. And congratulations, so Paul Rudd. The world is caught on. Yeah. Him. You are now Ant-Man. My God. Him, yeah. also Tybalt. <laughs> oh. And a few others, they have all not aged. Yeah, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They're yeah, all yeah, vampires. Yeah. Man, yeah. Tybalt is, he's been around. Tybalt's good. He looks good for his, like, He's been around he for now? ages. Well, well, I traced it back and I think, you, I, I can't remember the numbers because I've left my notes. I left my notes at home today, folks. He's got um, some good banter on Stephen Seagal. He does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he runs like a bitch. So. Yeah. Yeah, he calls him out on, on was it Letterman? Or, uh, on on Arsenio, or of course. Ah, the great man. When you get into lat pack, R and I give each other this look. They've left. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I They're turned, gone. I zoned out. <laughs> They're gone into lat pack. <laughs> we'll skip back out because there's so much here that isn't lat pack. Yeah. But it would be better if there was. Yeah. Like uh, JC as Mercutio. Oh, my goodness. Dolph God. as Tybalt. No, JC I've just recasted the two best actors in the movie. Just make – I think <laughs> where they went wrong with – the Expendables was it wasn't a Shakespeare film, like a. Well, it was know. close. I thought it was Shakespeare-esque. <laughs> Do we want to talk about our favorite Shakespearean remakes? Oh, I've got a list here. With your list, I want to know if Romeo and Juliet makes it. No, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo? I didn't write in there. Yeah, there's a cartoon where it's like garden gnomes, <laughs> and one's called Romeo. What oh about Romeo so and Juliet? Have you seen Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> no. Troma Films is one of those, um, it's, what is it, sort of like uh, exploitation B-grade movies. Oh, wow. Like Toxic so dark. Toxic Avenger. It's like they would show it late night on the Comedy Channel in Australia. There will be these Troma films. But Tromeo and Juliet is one of them and it's like sort of a comedy, sort of just gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's also, on Romeo and Juliet specifically, of course, there's Romeo Must Die. 
There's that movie Warm Bodies from a few years ago. Oh yeah, Carol liked that one. Yeah, you, you watched Palmer. That was there's She's little Aussie. Little Italy, most I recently. Also watched that one. Apparently, that's a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> no, it's but it's Little Italy, Little Italy in Canada. Apparently. It's a Netflix movie, it's and a when bad movie. when Greg goes to podcasts once a week, sometimes I watch. Some trashy movie on Netflix. Fair enough. I actually and I watched watch that it. recently. Because they're from competing pizza shops. <laughs> yes. Interesting. And Hayden Christensen dyed his hair black because he's Italian. Isn't that the, <laughs> isn't that Bob's Burgers as well? <laughs> kind of. It's basically Bob's little, Burgers. Little Jimmy's dad has the shop down the road. Tudor. The Lion King 2. Oh. Simba's right. Pride. Oh, yeah, Simba's Pride. But number one is Hamlet. It's Hamlet. Number two is apparently Romeo and Juliet. No, no. Number one's about a nitty bitty pig. <laughs> Get it? Small ham. What? Hamlet. What movie is that from? Is it Dangerous Minds? This came up last week. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but I can't. We think it's Dangerous Minds. West Side Story is Romeo and Juliet. But what about some other 90s slash early 2000s Shakespeare's remakes? We've got 10 things I had about you. Yes. We got O. We mentioned O. Who's in that? Julia Stiles, and I don't know the the guy. Oh, it was like Othello, right? Othello, yeah. But his name was Omar in it. And it's a high school basketball. Yeah. It's Mackay Pfeiffer. That's the thing. It's the, it's, he captured like that story is from like what, 400 years ago? I don't know that that one works quite as well. Clueless is not Shakespeare. Jane Austen. But yeah, Jane Austen. And probably better than most. She's the Man, which we watched the other night. I love that movie. It's funny that I was expecting. I I wanted to watch a bad movie. I feel so bad for Amanda Bell. Confession time. Like the trajectory she's on now, but. That movie is so good. 100%. Do you I put love this cheese? On. Yeah. <laughs> I love cheese. I put cheese. that movie on as like let's watch a bad movie. And I was it's it is a bad movie, but it's I I laughed out loud on several so times. So good. And she's just fucking crazy in it. Like almost she like is. a Jim Carrey type where you're like I don't know anyone else that could play this role. The whole thing is ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. It's the whole thing that makes no sense. But there's something about that it is quite charming. Keep going. Okay. And it's based on The Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare. The Lion King is, is uh, Itty Bitty Pig. And <laughs> Get Over It with Kirsten Dunst is Midsummer Night's Dream apparently. What about Bring It On? Um, I believe that's based on the Corsican Twins. Uh, apparently the best adaptation was a Kurosawa film. He did a version of Macbeth. Oh. Which sounds pretty red hot. Right. Perhaps we should. Let's do it. Watch that. And pretend we know something about film because <laughs> that's pretty highbrow stuff, the old Kurosawa, right? Actual film, yeah. It's an actual film. An actual film. Well, we can't talk about this movie without talking about the soundtrack. Man. <sighs> Guys, Oof. so good. So good. They, so, so good. What are the Radiohead songs on it? They've got – is Exit, Exit – So Exit was – He's the last Exit song. song. Apparently Baz Luhrmann sent Radiohead the last scene of the movie – and said, write a song that you feel based off of this for the end credits. And it was in the end credits, but I don't think it was on the official soundtrack. We should soundtrack. have done that for the podcast. Really? <laughs> Written then to, to Radiohead. Radiohead. I yeah. love that. That's and what I mean. Cool. We should do that for this. And uh, I don't think it was on the G official chord, soundtrack, C but it was. It ended up being on, on OK Amen. Computer or whatever. Was it OK Computer, the next album? Yeah. It was yeah, on that. It was. But it was based off, it was written for this, based off the last scene. That's why it fits so well. Baz says it's the best closing credits music ever. ever because it just like puts a cap on the whole thing. A capulant? 
Yeah. I listened to the album this week. It's good. Oh, What's your favorite so, song on the album? Oh, I just, well, I love one of these because it mm. brings back all the memories. But just the way it starts with Garbage, like Shirley, mm. what's her name? Shirley Garbage. <laughs> Temple. Shirley Manson? Yes, remember. it is Shirley yeah. Manson. Shirley Temple. Like just that song that starts the album. Oh, so, nice. so good. Just so the garbage, I thought Garbage was really cool. And then as a small child, I saw her interviewed and she said something like, I like to pee in boys' belly buttons. And <laughs> I, I was too young the to word know what garbage, that. So I, didn't like I was so young and I was like, what? What? <laughs> Even <laughs> sex was gross at that point. Oh, that's triple gross. <laughs> oh. Anyway, nice segue. Should we get into the verdict? I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Sounded like a harsh right turn. That's because it is because we have to go to dinner soon. But let's get into the verdict here. That's right, people. Wives of the show, is this a rewatch for you? I think I know your answer, but please, let's make it official. It's a rewatch. It's a rewatch. As Australians like to say, 100%. A? What? As Australians like to say. (laughs) Yeah. It's an Australian thing. Is it? 100%. We did not invent percentages. Let me go again. (laughs) You Australians. Other countries like to say Carol, 90%. Carol, you've lived here for most of your life. Yeah, I think you are getting citizenship. Okay, <laughs> let me start again. Okay, Blandy. <laughs> the girls of Netflix. A hundred, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. It is a rewatch. Yeah, it's a rewatch. For sure. Now, Greg, I feel like this is going to be interesting. What do you think? I think it is a rewatch. Yeah. Ooh. I think even just for the – it's a, it's an like experiment. It's, it's a grand experiment. It's, a very solid experiment. Yeah. I didn't love it. Like I don't, I, you know, like it, it gets messy. I think messy is the right word. I think I could rewatch the opening a lot. Yeah, but I think stylistically I'm like I'm all about it. Man. It's making big bets. It's got an amazing cast. It's of, a big swing, you're right, and I like a big swing. Yeah, I, we yeah. talk about yeah. it often. We love big swings. Yeah, and even if you certainly miss, I'd rather watch a big swing in a mess. Probably my favourite Baz Luhrmann film. I would agree. I was going to say. I would agree. I was going to say, I think it's, this is almost. It's got lots of colour. I like colour. Yeah. it's all, He's only made five movies. but Soundtrack, yeah. boom. Five Soundtrack movies, alone really? gives this film a rewatch to yeah. remind you of the sound, to listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. That's where I land. Well, I will say that I think, Greg, you captured everything I was thinking. So Captain. I'm going to use this opportunity to say, Greg and Carol, watch The Get Down. <laughs> because it is good. Tristan, I tra- have. It's good, right? Gregory has it. You should watch Nas was involved. I really enjoy Nas it. Nas was involved. This is Nas was involved. All right, I really enjoy it. it. The, the, I know the first one is quite All right, I'll watch very it. Bad, Carol, but just, then it, Carol watches these things when I'm here. So. No, it is good. <laughs> you can watch this in your own time. Let's go eat it some It is wagyu. good. 
And it it's uh, everyone out there at home as well. Watch it; it's fucking great. The get down I haven't is good. watched season two though. We want to name our kid Ezekiel because he's such a great kid. Oh, in all right, let's talk about this at dinner. Good anyway, name. we've got to wrap this up because we have a dinner reservation. Um, thank you, wives of the show, thank for you, joining wives us. Of the show. We really appreciate You're it, and welcome. we love you guys. That was Thanks fun. for having us. It was an absolute pleasure. Welcome back. Such a pleasure. Welcome back to your house anytime. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to your anytime. yoga room or whatever it is that you move our furniture for. <laughs> Friends of the show, thank you for joining us once again. We hope you enjoyed uh, getting to hear the whole family talk about this one. Yeah, Seymour's been a very good boy tonight. Seymour's been a good boy. There's been a bit of face smudging on the carpet and a bit of shaky shakies here and there, but hopefully you haven't heard too much. If Bruce and Lola were here, it would not be the same. (laughs) (laughs) Wrapping things up next week, we're going to be doing Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage. Really? Bye. I did not know that. That's cool. (laughs) 